This Dharma talk by Joan Sutherland Roshi, Inauguration 2, What Was That?, was given at Cerro Gordo Temple in Santa Fe, New Mexico, on February 12, 
Um, well, I'm going to say for the last eight years, but I want to make it really clear that I'm using the last eight years as you know, an easy thing to talk about. But you can go back as far as you want. You can include the Clinton's Rock Run 90s. You can include everything since the founding of America. You can go back to the invention of agriculture 9,000 years ago. It doesn't matter. But whatever it was that brought us you know, to this place, whatever that's been, where, where have we been for the last eight years? With the exception of right before the Iraq War, when there were huge protests around the country, we didn't come out into the public square. It seems as though many of us made a decision to step back and withdraw into our private lives and put our attention and our love there. Um, so that that's the kind of question that it's interesting to me to think about whether we can investigate without immediately jumping into a story about, can we wonder about that for a while? And I want to pose a, a bunch of other questions that are similar. Can we, can we look at them and wonder about them, and, but not jump immediately into some kind of conclusion or easy story about, about what happened? Okay, so there were the, the, the people who seemed to have stepped back into private life for some reason. And I'm also thinking a lot about the people who um, believed in what they thought the last eight years was going to represent and what it must be like for them. Um, I think about people like the Tillmans, um, Scots-Irish families in, in Appalachia, who for generations have been sending their sons and more recently their daughters, you know, into the military because they believed in that. They believed in defending this country. Um, they also had some, you know, lunatic idea of Celtic warrior culture. <laughs> you know, that was in there too. And the truth is that there isn't a whole lot else to do in Appalachia. But some part of that was driven by a sense of duty and patriotism. And, um, you know, they, were, they came to find that they had been badly used and badly lied to by the government. Um, what must that be like for them? What must it be like for, you know, a, a, a genuinely devout evangelical Christian in Louisiana or on the Mississippi Gulf Coast? who saw the hurricane and, you know, years later sees that the neighborhoods, some neighborhoods look the same as they did the day after the waters receded, you know, and there are still hundreds of people unaccounted for, and families split apart, and, you know, neighbors dispersed, and towns gone. What about those people who voted for George Bush because they genuinely thought that he was like them, that he had the same values they did, that he represented a view of the world that that was deeply important to them, um, and have come to feel that that the values they held dear, like taking care of your neighbor and loving each other, weren't upheld, and that in some ways they were badly used. What must it be like for them? So I want to include kind of all all places in the mandala um, to look at this. And um, we talked. We talked last week about how quickly things seemed to have changed. That it seemed to have been a kind of quantum shift from one state to another. There was November third, and then there was November fourth, and those were two completely different things. 
And um, if you know if you know some about uh, quantum theory or systems theory, there's a sense that a, a system will um, adapt and adapt and adapt to keep itself going for a long time until it gets completely distorted and bent out of shape and held together by bending chewing gum. But it, it'll do that for as long as it can, and then there will be this sudden collapse because it's so fragile. And that you know that, that there's something that feels resonant about about that. But at the same time, um, again, I sort of I reach for my Celtic roots because I I have a sense of there having been a glamour. Um, the origin of the word glamour is is um, if you, to put a glamour on someone is to put a kind of spell on them so that they see you as you wish them to see you and they do your will, they do your bidding without uh, complaint. And there's some quality of glamour about these last eight years, you know. And um, it's, it, it's, it's a way I'm sort of playing with trying to understand what happened at the level of consciousness. How was it that people could be so badly fooled? And what I mean, I'm not making a political statement about that. I'm, I'm really kind of trying to stay with the results. You know, what we can see happened as a result of this time. Um, and we don't know the end of the story. This may be exactly the wake up we call we needed and all that. And I, I acknowledge all of that. But I, I, I keep thinking um, these days of something Daniel Patrick Moynihan once said. He said, um, he said, people are absolutely entitled to their own opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. <laughs> and um, that seems relevant to this moment. You know, that the facts are we're really in trouble. The facts are a lot of people have been, you know, really hurt and killed and, and all of that. So if we look at those facts, how is it that we voted for it once and we voted for, for it twice? Whether we voted in the majority is another question, but. Um, you know that 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 there was a kind of glamour. There was a there was a um, a, a being fooled, and then there wasn't, and then the glamour lifted. It was gone, and it's so gone now. Do you, can you feel? I mean, it's just so gone that Republicans, you know, are fighting the 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 stuff that's happening in Washington, and talking about tax cuts, and people just laugh. You know. There's just there's no residue of any kind of um, power to that, and how does that happen so instantly? And and I think that the glamour wasn't only on the people who bought into the last eight years. I think it was on those of us who didn't buy into it as well. Why did we retreat so completely? Was that maybe not another face of the glamour? I don't, you know, I don't know, but I wonder about that. And why is it that instantly millions of people stepped out into the town square at the first opportunity? You know, how did it change so quickly? So um, that's a constellation of questions I'm wondering about. And the other thing is that um, there's a kind of beautiful starkness to what's happened, by which I mean 
You know, if the, if the World Dharma Corporation had called you and said, we want you to make a, a comic book that explains greed, hatred, and ignorance, you, know, you couldn't have done much better than $1,400 trash cans and $50 million jet planes paid for by the bailout, you know, and um, bring it on and, um, you know, shock and awe. And um, people for whom reality-based became an insult to hurl at other people. Do you remember that, 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 that the, the people in the Bush White House used to speak of people like us as um, contemptuously as being part of the reality-based community? Um, so, I mean, you couldn't do much better than that if, you, if your task was to create a comic book to explain greed, hatred, and ignorance. How is it that we've come to this place where it's so stark? and so bald, and so really inescapable. Um, what's that about? Is there something here? Is there something happening here? Is there something shifting or becoming apparent in a way that will just be inescapable from now on? Um, I spoke last week about about um, Dr. King's beautiful uh, statement that that um, the arc of history is long but it bends toward justice. And one of the things that is to me most uh, interesting and hopeful about President Obama is how comfortable he is with the idea that we are becoming. Um, it's okay with him that we're not there yet. It's okay with him that we're a work in progress. It's okay with him that we make mistakes and get it wrong and do some things better than others and all of that. And if that, if that, if we step out of this this time of you know certainty in the face of all the evidence and a kind of black and white view of the world and we step more into Dr. King's understanding of a long arc. Yeah, you know, it takes a really long time and we fail so badly, so often we just break your heart. But um, can we be comfortable with the imperfection? Can we be comfortable with this process of becoming? Can we invest our hearts again in the communal effort, the effort in the town square to go on Becoming. Um, there was that moment in the inaugural speech when, when um, President Obama said, uh, "We have to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and, and get going." And that seems really, really true to me. And do we do we take that invitation? I noticed that in the um, after after September 11th over time when we weren't asked to do anything. That was one of the most soul-corrosive things I think I've ever seen happen in a, in a community. There was such a willingness to step forward and do something. Someone had just said, you know, here's what we're going to do. Um, people were so willing to do that, and that we weren't asked, I think, was really corrosive. And that people seem to be responding to this new call saying, 
times are tough, things are hard, we, we're going to need to do this together. It seems really hopeful for me. Um, and again, I would ask, when we weren't asked to do anything by our politicians, why didn't we do it ourselves? Why didn't we just figure it out ourselves? Um, that's curious and interesting to me. So, I'm, I'm interested in these questions, as I say, at the level of the heart-mind, of, of the individual heart-mind and the collective heart-mind. And to really look at um, what happened, you know, <laughs> that when, I was, when I was thinking about this talk, I was calling it to myself, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, and 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 to look at then what you know what's happened now, and um, there's so many there's so many questions that are that are before us and so many things to consider. And is there a way to look at it through this through our window of consciousness and the heart and mind? So so if we take a question like um, what do we do about Things that happened during the last eight years. There, you know, there's there's a whole camp of people who say, let's just forget it, let's just move on, let it go. We've got too much to worry about in the future. And there's a whole camp of people saying, we have to hold people accountable. If we don't want it to happen again, we have to hold them accountable for what happened. And um, there's a tension right now about which way we're going to go. So let's ask our question: Is there a sideways move here? Is there a third thing? If, is there something beyond that duality that might be a kind of creative and healing and justiceful um, response to what's going on? So I would I would like to make those kinds of explorations part of what we do, so that we're not just sort of hermetically sealed inside the meditation hall, but that we are because we are, you know, really um, continuous with this great move of consciousness that's happening in the country. So, as I said, those are some of the things I'm, I'm just musing about this week and would be really interested to hear what you're thinking about, what you notice at these times. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org.